welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum. My name is Kirsten Hassler, and I'm the Executive Director of Eagle Forum. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, our Political Director, Tabitha Walter. Hi, everyone. Today, we have with us Morgan Zeggers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for joining us, Morgan. It's great to talk to you again. Well, as everybody knows, the coronavirus has completely taken over our lives, not only in the U.S., but also on a global level. While cases have grown across the United States, our society and economy has completely shut down. The World Health Organization even declared it a global pandemic just last week. We first got wind of the virus in early January or very late December 2019 when authorities in China announced that they were treating several cases of a new virus infecting humans. From there, the virus spread the globe rapidly. From the beginning of the news cycle, the media and some liberals have been intent on ensuring that we don't label the virus as Chinese. Morgan, can you talk a bit about this? Oh boy, well there's a lot to say. I mean, I think what the most concerning part is that you have American media willingly eating up Chinese propaganda from the Chinese Communist Party. And that's, it's an important distinguish, distinguishing fact to make is that we're not attacking the Chinese people. There's nothing wrong with the Chinese people. There's something definitely wrong with the Chinese Communist Party who completely controls China and unfortunately the Chinese people. And so we, we stand in solidarity with those poor people who are being controlled by communists and who are really probably dying at an unnecessary number because of the, the harm that, Chinese com that the Chinese Communist Party has inflicted, not only on their country, but on the world now. We're all suffering because of them. And it's just disgusting to see American media fall for that. And I don't even know if it's just they think it's right to advocate against this apparent racism. They really think they're standing up against racism, or if they truly just want to find a way to stand against President Trump. And they think, hey, this is one way to do it. Let's just go with the Chinese communists on this one. Um, so obviously, Morgan, you have been tracking socialism, not just in the United States and its draw to millennials, but also in the global level. Can you talk a little bit about the timeline that you've noticed with the Chinese government um, beginning their propaganda campaign with the virus? Yeah, well, and thank you for bringing this up. I think it's important because we've all been so focused on dealing with this pandemic. We've been focused on dealing with the economic repercussions of it. And now we're finally able, as we're finding solutions and as we're making actions to move our, our country forward, we're able to kind of stop and say, wait a second, how did it get this bad? And so uh, I saw recently, I think two days ago or one day ago, Axios put together the first timeline that I've seen of somebody tracking the lies of the Communist Chinese Party. And what was interesting, it shows that in early December is when the first, uh, one of the first patients with coronavirus came to the hospital. They started to feel ill. Um, they realized that he wasn't being treated with basic flu uh, drugs, that they weren't working on him. And that's when things started to get a little weird. But when you had doctors starting to spread the information that there is a new, a new sickness out there and that we need to be a little more vigilant and something is happening that's a little scary, they were immediately shut down. They were called in by their bosses. They were told to shut up. They were really censored. And so more and more doctors started speaking out about it. They were posting on this place online called WeChat. They were posting on WeChat that there is a new SARS-like virus out there and that people should start to pay more attention. And they were all reprimanded. And I think one of the most scariest and, and most important examples is a doctor spoke out about it 
and then he was reprimanded by the Communist Party. He was told to shut up. He got sick from the virus that he tried to whistleblow about, and then he died because of it. And, and so people are saying that some more darker stuff could have happened, that he didn't just die because of that virus, but he was also you know, put into physical harm because of the Chinese Party. And what was so powerful that I heard, people in China who are locked in their houses because of this shutdown, they blew whistles in honor of him blowing the whistle on coronavirus. And I just thought that was so powerful to do in China. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would even have the, the strength and the willpower to do so and risk my life. The corrupt Chinese state implemented a propaganda campaign, obviously, to cast blame for the pandemic elsewhere. In a series of tweets by Chinese diplomat Li Zhao, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who is the po- spokesperson and deputy director general of China's foreign ministry information department, it became clear that the quote elsewhere is the United States. Ironically, Twitter is banned in China, yet they have top government authorities on the platform spreading false information about the virus. So Morgan, can you kind of fill us in why this is typical of a communist state to do such a thing? What I think is so ironic, I mean, our generation, you guys, we loved Chernobyl when it came out. And people, especially like young American leftists, they saw it and they were like, oh my God, this is so like Trump. This is so exactly what we're experiencing now in the United States. We have government controls, all of us, Trump controls us all. And we need to make sure that we don't end up like Chernobyl in the USSR. And they're completely missing the point. They've also done the same thing where where Bernie, instead of saying and and explaining why he praised Castro, he then goes and says, I'm more worried about the authoritarianism from the Trump administration. They're really like their own ideas and their own own party and their own, their values are what lead to this kind of issue. And the people especially advocating for socialism and communism in the United States, they're the ones who are not even able to make the connection that those values of socialism and communism are what we're suffering through right now. And so what was so powerful, I was watching uh, the presser yesterday. I love that the Trump administration has been doing these pressers every morning. And again, they asked him that question about, is it racist of you? It's racist of you to call it the Chinese virus. And he said, you know what? It's not. It's accurate because it's from China. And the Chinese communist propaganda people are the ones who are pushing this narrative. He said, they're even blaming American soldiers saying that American soldiers who were traveling are the reason why the coronavirus started. And he said, I will never let that happen. I will never let them be blamed for something they're not faulty for. I will never let that happen as president. You can't let it happen. And it will not happen when I am president of the United States. It was just such a strong statement. And so I wish that we could just rally together as Americans against this enemy. I thought it was interesting too. President Trump tweeted, I think yesterday, and he was like, we are fighting against an invisible enemy. And some people saw that as coronavirus. Other people see that as we are fighting in an information technological warfare time against the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I can, I see both. I see both of those options. It is fascinating that in the age of 21st century, where in the past we saw communist states, their reach was less extensive as it is now. Now they're using Twitter and all these different social media tools to infiltrate, you know, not only their own people, but more importantly, us as Americans, and people are falling for it. Well, and what's so important with that advancement of technology 
socialist and communist movements are able to control the people with the kind of information they put out. They either censor information, they only teach them certain things in their government-run schools. They, they have their specific techniques to control the population through knowledge or lack thereof. Now, with, when you have Twitter, you literally have a communist party in China with these little bots. I mean, they talk about Russian bots. There's a bunch of Chinese bots that are tweeting at Donald Trump now, blaming the United States, trying to get tweets and, and hashtags that blame the United States for coronavirus to trend on Twitter. It's it's something we, it's like we're in a different world almost, because how is this happening? And and something I, I think is really important to talk about, you guys, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time I was on your podcast, but I've done a lot of research into how socialist leaders come to power, how they keep power, and how they gain even more power when they need it. And first of all, I say they control the language, they control the narrative. I think there are ties to what's happening right now with uh, the Communist Party in China and coronavirus, they also create a desire for wealth redistribution. But the most prevalent one that we're seeing right now is the the creation or the the preying upon of fear and urgency in society. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, I have red flags in my mind all day because I go online, I see the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, going on to national news saying, this is exactly why we need to seize the means of production and nationalize major industries because of the pandemic because of crises like this. We can't risk it. We have to have socialism. We have to have the government controlling all aspects of people's life in a major way, or else people are going to continue to suffer. And so usually what they do, if there is an example of fear and urgency in society already, they'll create it. And I usually say the left creates it through climate change. They say the world's going to end in 12 years unless you support our radical legislation, the Green New Deal. You got to help us. You got to support us or else the world will end. You and your family will die. You can't even have kids. It's preying on that fear and people are scared. But now you have people who are actually dying, who are worried for their family members getting coronavirus, who are worried they're going to be in a very economically bad situation because of the economic impacts of this disease. And it's just, it really puts them in a perfect position and gives them a really great opportunity to seize this, seize this time and convince people that this is why government should control your life. Morgan, along that note, we're seeing a lot of proposals in Congress Mm -hmm. to help people. A lot of it seems to have like a a socialist trend where it's basic universal income or corporate takeovers and things like that. Um, Can you talk to those kind of initiatives a little bit and, and whether they are helpful in the long run or whether they hurt our economy in the long run? I have been seeing a lot of proposals. I'm seeing some people say, you know, let's take away the payroll tax. Let's take away income tax for the time being and just let people keep the money that they're earning. Let's stop taking money from them when they should be saving and and stabilizing themselves in their their financial situation as much as possible. We're also seeing people propose a one or two time payment of either $1,000 or $2,500 to all average Americans, you know, not somebody who's earning a million dollars a year and doesn't need it, but to the people who aren't, they're not being fired, but instead they work in industries and in parts of the economy that are not being um, engaged in right now. And so it's something, first of all, we need to acknowledge the economy is not failing because of government, because of President Trump, because of Congress. It's not failing because of economic measures. What's happening is such a freak incident. It's, it's such a freak situation, so rare, so unique that 
people are not participating in the economy because we literally can't. We're just trying to not touch each other. We're not trying to go to businesses. We have the money and we're just not participating in the economy. And so that's that's a plus because it means that once we get past this coronavirus situation, we find a solution, we'll be able to bounce back quickly. But the one distinguishing thing we need to point out in this is there's a big difference between Andrew Yang's idea of universal basic income, where we just boost the economy continuously by giving everybody $1,000 a month, just as a little extra spending money for fun, because he thinks that that's the best way to keep a strong economy. It's completely different from a two-time or one-time payment as an emergency relief in a crisis time. And so I, I don't want people my age to see this and see, oh, this is why we need socialism, a one-time payment during an emergency, during a crisis, to all Americans to help them pay their bills while we get through this. This is socialism. This would be perfect. Let's start supporting all the socialist policies because you're seeing politicians, uh, I can't remember their names, I mean, Elizabeth Warren and I think Ayanna Presley. they're saying we need to cancel student loan debt as a part of emergency relief. All student loan debt needs to be canceled in order to help us protect our our financial security from coronavirus. That's crazy. That cannot happen. But it's completely different than just some quick emergency relief measures. We're not these stuffy, horrible people that that think, let's just let everybody suffer through this. And we don't believe in government at all. We want anarchy. We want free markets and nothing else. We believe in helping others and being compassionate and putting our minds together to find creative ideas, especially during times of crisis. That's why I believe in a limited form of government, specifically so when something like this happens, we're not all abandoned and left to defend for ourselves. I love providing for myself, but this is a time where we need to come together. And that's why I love a limited democratic form of government, because we're able to kind of brainstorm and, and get collaborative and creative. I don't know how you guys are doing, but my dad's in the military, so he's probably going to be deployed in the next couple weeks to help with this. He's in the um, the reserves. My mom's a physical therapist. Her hours have been cut in half because of this. I run my nonprofit. Half of my donors are now saying they can't donate again until this is over. So everybody's being affected in a different way. And I, I just love the fact that we're able to come together. And it's a shame for socialists to say, ha, I told you capitalism sucks. <laughs> So how can we tell all the people who had a little bit of a taste of, you know, socialism in the United States that that's not here to stick around? And here's why. The left is phrasing it as socialism Mm -hmm. and they're phrasing it as, you know, we need this nonstop continuously. And Republicans are saying, no, 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 this is a such a freak situation. We're trying to help people because people aren't able to pay their bills for the next two months. And so it's completely different. The economy's not collapsing because of socialism or because of capitalism. And so I think whatever you start to give to people, if it's a structural change where we're saying we're going to cancel all your student debt, we're going to give you a thousand dollars a month indefinitely, like some welfare program almost where there's not going to be an end to it. We're just going to keep doing it until we decide that everybody's back on their feet. That's the kind of program, it's going to be incredibly hard to take it away from them. Once they get used to it, once we're in the summertime and the economy starts booming again, but we're still getting those checks and they keep saying, oh, this is going to be the next month to take it away. This is going to be the next month. That's when you have people in power who say, how dare you take it away? We are reliant on this. I think this is how we got to this point with a lot of our entitlement benefits and, and, and programs where it's gotten to a point where it's not a hand up, it's a handout. And I think what happens now in the next two months is really going to define how our generation sees government intervention, if whether that's a handout or a hand up. Let's show them the power of a hand up 
with these two single payments, if that's what we're going to be getting, or if it's the, the cutting of the income tax, I'm not sure what's going to happen. But let's show them that this is the power of a hand up that conservatives believe in. Yeah, that's a great point to make a distinction that yeah, this isn't long term. And there is a difference between, like you said, a hand up and a handout. And we need to not let that narrative fool us into believing that we need a handout for the rest of our lives. <laughs> well, that's certainly what's going on. And I've said it before, 70% of people my age say they would vote for a socialist. 70% of us don't want to seize the means of production. And so this all really comes down to just a misunderstanding of what uh, different economic systems are. Our generation is incredibly capitalist. We believe in capitalism. The left is just training us to hate that word and to hate that idea. And so I I think we're going to be able to bounce back. I still feel very positive about the future of the country, no matter what. I am feeling more positive about coronavirus because I know once this is fixed, whether it's in a month or two months or if it's September, I know the economy will bounce back. It's just a matter of waiting day by day really sucks. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. It's a very difficult thing when we're all being impacted. And so we just have to be resilient and stand together and come up with that unique ways to move each other forward through this because this is something we've never really experienced before. Speaking of the future of our country, uh, this can have come at a worse time, which is an election year. And we have primaries that are being postponed. We have no idea what the November election is going to look like. But regardless, there's going to be a lot of propaganda and a lot of negative feedback towards President Trump. And towards the all of the um, leadership that he's taken on this, can you talk about how we can combat that narrative and shine a, a more positive light on the whole issue? So I'm from upstate New York, and trust me, people in upstate New York don't really like Governor Cuomo. He's very corrupt in and in, in most everything that he does. He really dismisses upstate New York and everything he does. He passed the New York Safe Act, which is incredibly unsafe and very anti-Second Amendment. He's done a lot of things that have really made us mad. But I know myself, my family, and a lot of upstate New Yorkers are just so happy and thankful for his leadership in this time and his willingness to put partisan uh, politics aside. It's almost like a bromance. Him and Donald Trump, our president, have been working together and really embracing each other. At the same time, there are a lot of really negative people that are being even more hateful, like Rick Wilson or whoever that guy is who's like the never Trumper. He's literally attacking Melania Trump, our first lady, saying, I hope you get infected. He said, hashtag be infected in response to her be best campaign. So there's truly hateful people. I think what's going to be interesting is this is a time for us to come together and I see it as a positive opportunity. I know the election is right down the road and it's going to show voters what leaders were willing to put the American people first and results for the American people first instead of putting partisan politics first like they have been doing for years at this point. All they talk about is their hatred for Trump, their hatred for our country, their their love of identity politics and divisive politics. And I will say I'm just so happy that I can say I'm thankful for my Democratic governor during this time and I'm thankful for my Republican president. And I think that's a really strong thing to be able to say. I, I, I think it's just going to reveal a lot about who acted, who acted in what way and who was able to put partisan politics aside and really get results for the country. Yeah, I don't think you could have said that better. I think that you know, one thing that I hope we can take away from this is that we can stop being so politically hateful towards our president and put away our dislike of him and rather see what he's doing. He said yesterday that he's essentially considers himself a wartime president. And I, I kind of, I think that's a great outlook. I mean, this is 
a crisis unlike any other. I agree. Well, I think when he said that he's a, a wartime president, that was incredibly true. It's nice to see the people who are willing to put it aside and focus on the future of the country. And so I'm thankful for that. Uh, and as us, uh, the people on the ground, we all have something in common and that's that we're quarantined <laughs> for who knows how long. We're all going through our own individual situations. Um, we may not get out as much. We may not see people as much. Even my husband, who's the introvert, is itching to get out and about. <laughs> so <laughs> so we can at least have unity in that, and, and we all have something in common. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for being with us. It's always great to hear from you. Please be sure to follow Engage with Eagle Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. From your house to the State House to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.